Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 512 of the world's most dangerous podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Elmer descends. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, your friend and mine, the podfather, Bill Lack. How are you, Bill? I'm great. I'm great. Isn't Elmer descends working for the Reds now? He should be working as a starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. All-time Reds pitching legend is he? I didn't know that. I thought, really? he, was, I thought he was one of the minor league coaches on the one of the minor league coaching staffs, or at least he was at one point. Let's see if we can figure that well, out real quick here. Go ahead, go ahead. Let me. Uh... Yeah, quickly before we start talking about the Reds, see if you can learn about the Reds because we clearly have not done any homework before yeah, this one. We're as prepared as we usually are. Exactly. So uh, before we go further, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hammer down on the subscribe button. And uh, go find us on if you're listening to audio. Well, you're already listening to audio, but if not, if you're not, I don't, I, if you're seeing us on YouTube, but you want to listen to audio, go find us. We're everywhere, whatever. I don't know. Um, did you have a good Thanksgiving, Bill? I had a great Thanksgiving. It was, uh, you know, what could go wrong? You know, football and beer and or, and food and eating too much and pumpkin pie and get, get done getting better. No, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It was, uh, we had a good uh, Thanksgiving as well. Uh, thankful for. Uh, many things. Um, thankful that the Reds are awesome again, right? No. Uh, okay. Uh, you know what? We I, I I jumped on the with the uh, the locked on Reds guys and um, you know our, our guy Steve Offenbeck. We had a little discussion about uh, the old listserv, the old Reds email listserv on there. But anyway, we were talking about you know at the very least we're thankful for the fact that the Reds are at least interesting again, and given what we've had to deal with. In recent years, that's that's something, right? Yeah, and, and mentioning Steve, Steve got a nice little thing this week. He's writing for Sports Illustrated a little bit now. Good congratulations to Steve. Congratulations to Steve Offenbaker. Locked good, on good Reds. Dude. Well, he's a dude. I don't know. I'll stop. <laughs> so anyway, we're here to talk about the Cincinnati Reds, and this week actually we have things to talk about. This is exciting. The Reds have actually made some signings. They uh, in some other discussions. I think a lot to talk about. I'm excited to, to kind of unpack what we the Reds have actually done and then uh, what they haven't yet done, but also sort of what what we what all this flurry of, of news activity says about uh, where they are and where they're going to go this offseason. I think it's pretty interesting um, to try to uh, divine, you know, read the tea leaves here and divine where the Reds are going to go going forward. Let's so, talk quickly. So you believe they have a plan. Well, I don't know about that, but I, but I, okay. you know, I, I think that they are, well, I know, you know what? I think they do have a plan. 
Uh, I'm not sure I know exactly what that plan is, but I'm, it's starting to look like there is an actual plan. And that's uh, that's good because it's been a long time since the Reds have had a plan. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the two players. The Reds, did, well, they've actually signed more than two. Um, the two biggest signings of the week. Two former Reds players are back. Reaver San Martin. The savior, the savior of the rotation. That's right. And then Alex Blendino, savior of the bullpen with that uh, that knuckleball. Yeah. Uh, no, infielder Alex Blendino, uh, who uh, came up with Cincinnati, spent the 2022 playing in AAA with uh, San Francisco and Seattle. Um, they're back. Minor league deals, uh, invites to big league spring training, typically what the Reds do. But no, those, those are not the two signings I'm talking about, although we're all happy to have Alex Blendino's uh, handsome uh, uh, mug back on the Cincinnati roster. If, if either one of these guys plays for the Reds this year, it's not a good year. Well, that's true. This, this is this this might be the year where the flurry of minor league signings with invitations to big league spring training that maybe just maybe the majority of those won't be on the actual big league roster. No, no the the Reds did sign a couple of actual big league pitchers, and so we'll kind of um, run through them very quickly. The first was uh, free agent relief pitcher Emilio Pagan. Um, really, sort of a, a, a str- strange signing in some ways. I mean, uh, the the way that I think we look, need to look at both these signings, and se- certainly this one is, he makes the Reds better. Now there are some debate over whether he's actually good or how much he makes the Reds better. But there's no question in my mind that he's better than uh, many of the pitchers that pitched in the bullpens for the Cincinnati Reds last year and the year before. He's 32 years old. He was a minute. Go ahead. You said he's better than many guys that pitched it. Who is he better than that was Reds, that was a solid Reds reliever last year? Is he better? (laughs) who is he better than that was a solid Reds reliever? What no, about the? I'm just, I'm just looking at the numbers. What about the stack of relievers the Reds tossed out there that were not solid? That's what I'm saying. He's better than a lot of the direct the Reds have used. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at baseball reference, and I'm looking at the five guys that they list in the bullpen. Okay. And I'm not convinced that he's much better than any of them. Well, he's not better than than Alexis Diaz, certainly. Right. Uh, look, it, this comes down to how you how you want to um, evaluate the guy. If you look and say, well, last year, sixty six games, two point nine nine ERA. Yeah. You know that looks pretty good. Now, ERA in a bullpen, we both know that that doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. That all right? That's where I was going. That's where I was going. But I'm saying, if if you look at it that way, that's a better ERA than anyone the Reds had in the bullpen last year. That pitched substantial many innings. Um, he, you know, um, he has been good in the past. I mean, let's, you know, he's he's a. This is his sixth. Two thousand nineteen, four years well, ago. Right. Okay, all right. Now, <laughs> come on, Mister Cynical. Um, this is and this is his sixth team in eight big league seasons. Yeah. But um, I mean, he's I, really I good. Hope, I hope he comes in here and lights the world afire. Well, I, but what I'm, concerns me is the other thing that concerns me is some of his, and I'm I'm stealing some numbers that that Steve Mancusa uh, threw up on on Twitter. Um, he's got a really high fly ball rate, was eighth highest in the big leagues last year. Not a good thing for Cincinnati. And he had his career high in, in exit velocity last year and a, on a high hard hit rate. 
neither one of those things make you feel real good. Uh, yes, yes. He, uh, so again, and that's sort of, that's, that's, that's sort of where I was going, which is there's, I mean, he's, he's the two ways to look at it are number one to me, he he's better than a lot of the direct the Reds did run out there. Is he better than the best Reds leaders of last year? And that's saying something. Okay. Probably not. You're right, Bill. Um, so, but he, but he does improve the Reds bullpen. He's better than, um, I mean, how many innings do the Reds give? Well, if you, know, you look guys at guys like Kevin Herget and Daniel Duarte and you know right. Reaver San Martin last year, right? I, I agree with that. You know, you put him in the middle somewhere, and you're taking somebody off the bottom, right? And, and yeah. Um, what you're going to get out of a 33 year old reliever? I think well, we've always a lot of us have said signing relievers is a crapshoot anyway. You never know from year to year what guys in a bullpen are going to do. Uh, so, you know, and, 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 and it, he's got an opt-out after the first year. So if he has a good year, he's going to be gone. That's best-case scenario. Unless the, Reds, unless the Reds are really good and he wants to stay. Well, yeah, yeah, but pretty much the best-case scenario is he is, is really good, so he thinks he can bet on himself and make more, so he opts out. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, Two-year deal, essentially, with an opt-out after the first year, $8 million, uh, each year, so not that much money in big league terms. Um, but I, I try to come at this in the, uh, on the front end from the perspective of, okay, here's the positives. He, had, he did have a good, you know, sort of surface numbers last year, yeah. and he has been good in the past, and he's better than a lot of the nonsense the Reds toss out there. But the fact that worries me more than anything is something you just mentioned. That fly ball rate. Um, I, you got to be worried in that ho- the home run rate. You got to be worried how that's going to play at Great American Ballpark. Yeah. So um, so you're right. It's a crapshoot. But uh, I come down to it. I come down on the side of it gets, It makes the Reds better. Only marginally better. But they're a little bit better. It didn't, move, it didn't move. It didn't It moves the needle, but it doesn't move it much. Exactly. Exactly. But any transaction that moves the needle in the right direction at all to me is a positive. The, the other thing you could say is, at least they signed somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and that's going to come down to the discussion. I think we're going to have later is what does what happened this week say about the quote unquote plan or about what they we right. can hope to see the rest of the offseason. So they they signed somebody that wasn't you know a. Um, you know, I mean, listen, think about it this time in the off season and, and the next signing we're going to talk about to me is much, much more interesting. I'm, I'm really interested to, to look at that, that one. But at this point in the off season of the last five years, what have they signed at this point? Reaver San Martin. It's been minor league signings with, uh, the the big league spring training. It's no one that you really think is going to, going to help the big league bullpen. This guy I think helps the big league bullpen. Is he, you know, the, the fifth, sixth reliever out there, probably, but you got to have somebody in that role. And I'll, bet, better you, I'll, bet, than... I'll bet you when the season starts, he's not the fifth or sixth guy out there. I'll bet he's one, the first or second guy out of there, other than Diaz. Well, well probably. Although, you know, if he's competing with Ian Jabot and the, those likes, I'm not sure that that's. I think Ian Jabot gets a bad rap. I really do. I thought he pitched fairly well for the Reds this year, other than he. Looks like he's, you know, looks like he's a guy that used to play softball with me back 20 years ago. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think you're right. I, I, I think I just like making fun of that. It's an odd name. And so that's why I like using it. It's, it's that French sounded stuff. Gibault. So the other signing, far, far more interesting to me, 
The Reds uh, signed right-handed pitcher Nick Martinez. Martinez uh, signed a two-year deal. Um, the deal was worth um, $26 million total, so $13 million per season. Uh, but he does have an opt-out after the first season. Now, Nick Martinez is sort of a uh, an interesting an interesting uh, cat here. And really, uh, I, I do like the fact this is a guy the Reds targeted for a number of reasons that, that we'll try to unpack here. First of all, pitched in 63 games for the Padres last year. Nine of those were starts. He uh, Numbers were good. Numbers were good. And he's had a really interesting career. He's 30, just turned 33. Um, he sort of struggled with the uh, Rangers in the first four years of his career and then uh, was non-tendered and then spent four years in Japan and came back from Japan and signed a four-year $25.5 million with the Padre deal with the Padres. Um, that deal included, like his deal with the Reds here, opt-outs after every season. This is the new thing now. Um, Nick Cassianos back in the day uh, sort of uh, put this put this strategy on the map of betting on yourself with these opt-outs. Uh, so anyway, he's looked he's looked pretty good the last couple of years. He um, wants to be a starter, and so he's both been a starter and a reliever. I think at this point he's probably a presumptive starter right now, depending on uh, uh, back of the rotation guy. Uh, he what I love about him is the opposite of Pagan, which is he throws ground balls. The dude throws ground balls. I think he he has a chance to really thrive in Great American Ballpark. And and here's what I want to ask you about: uh, Am I am I off base in saying, look, this cannot be the last signing of pitcher for Cincinnati? But uh, in, in terms of someone to, this is the right type of signing that the Reds need to be looking to make, which is a guy that, yeah, he might be able to start. I expect he'll start early in the year and then move to the bullpen later, depending on how the kids do and how who else we get. But a guy that is effective, throws ground balls, can throw a lot of innings. He has thrown a lot of innings the last few years. Um, there's no downside to this uh, to this at all. Um, it's another one where he either does well and then he's gone after one year, which you got a year out of him. Um, but I like the signing. And I also like the signing – well, I'm going to hold off on that thought. Uh, I like I like this signing. What do you think about the Reds uh, picking up uh, Nick Martinez? I like it too. Um, I, I hope that they make enough of a splash in either trading or free agency that he's not in the rotation. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he's shown that he can throw multiple innings, you know, maybe twice a week. He's the guy that comes in in the sixth and gets you to the ninth, you know, and, and that would be great. It takes a lot of strain off your could take take a lot of strain off of the of off the bullpen, you know. Because because I mean, let's be honest, they were they were sucking air by September last year. I mean, they oh yeah, they had what three guys in the top five or something like that in, in appearances, something like that. I mean, you, you just it's wearing them out. But I agree with you. Everything you're saying, I, it, he was more actually more effective in his limited starts last year than he was as a reliever. Um, but he was still fairly effective as a reliever. Um, and if, you know, and, and the other thing is with just a two-year deal, if, even if he opts out, that gives us, and, he's, and let's say he starts all year, that gets us a year with the young guys learning from a guy that's been around, been to Japan, been back, 
struggled here when he was young, you know, pretty much was in the, his, his ERA pluses for most of the three of the four years. I think when he was with Texas were in the eighties. Uh, so he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't real good either. He had one year, he was like one Oh seven or something like that. Um, but I, again, I think, I think this, you know, is definitely a better, I, I like this signing much better than I did the other one. Uh, I think he can be a real help to this ball club. Of course, I thought, uh, the kid, the guy, the guy from Japan was going to help the team too. So, you know, it kind of shows what I know. Shohei Otani, the rest haven't, the rest haven't, uh, no, no, acquired no, no. him yet. Um, Here's a, here's another. It sort of builds on what you were you were just saying there, but another reason why this is a the right type of signing, the right type. You know, kudos to uh, Nick Crawl uh, here. I think this is a, a good signing, and and for one of the reasons that it's a good signing is that you know there's been this sort of uh, a certain a certain chattering class online that says ah oh, the Reds have the pitchers. They can go into next year. They'll be fine because they got, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six pitchers. And my response is usually to roll my eyes because uh, all those young pitchers are not going to stay healthy, as you just noticed last year. Uh, and every season, <laughs> the pitchers don't stay healthy. You need depth. And this is the perfect depth signing. Yes, he can start if you need him to. He can relieve if if, if everybody everyone's healthy and performing well. But I also like that he's – again, the Reds can't stop here, but it's a bridge to – uh, you know, I, I think of the guys like Connor Phillips and, uh, you know, Chase Petty's a little younger, uh, Lion Richardson. These, it's a little bit of a buffer to give those kids more time in the minors. And, and, and you got to think Nick Crawl sees it that way as well, because it's a two-year deal at the most. So, um, so far they haven't, I don't expect them to go, uh, sign anyone long, long term on the pitching side. Cause I think they're going to, you know, sort of wait and see what happens with the kids this offseason. But you, you sign some more that's effective. What do you consider long term? More than more than two years. Oh, okay. You know. So they're not gonna sign so they're not gonna sign a free agent pitcher, you don't think? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I really don't. Um I think they may trade. I think they will trade for at least one. Um as we'll discuss in a moment. But I think that well I think that's as good a time as any to, to, to talk about this strategy. The other thing I want to point, and I made this point out a couple weeks ago or a while ago when I, when we were on when I was on with you, we all want to believe that all of these young guys are going to improve every year and they're going to pan out and they're going to get better and they and that's just not the, going to be the case. Uh, some of these guys are going to flame out. Some of them aren't going to get any better than they are right now. Some of them aren't going to be as good as we think they should be. You know. And I'm not saying that the, I'm not holding him up as an example, but the two years that Hunter Green's been in the big leagues, he has not shown any dramatic improvement. If you look at his numbers, uh, I don't think I agree with that. Well, you look at his numbers. Baseball's about numbers. And if you look at the numbers, but, and I'm not saying Hunter Green isn't going to be better, isn't going to get better or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, we, we've got five young guys on our pitching staff. We got a boatload of young guys in the field and some of them aren't going to be the players that we think they're going to they're, they're going to that we hope that they end up being and and we need to keep that in mind yeah yeah no i agree 100 and uh, we're probably going to keep beating that drum i can't believe you said hunter green was a bust though that, that seemed that really seemed uh... hey, i never got I, I never got him hurt though <laughs> all right <laughs> so 
Um, I think you're right. I think that Nick Crawl's strategy appears to be at this point, and I, well, there's more data points to uh, to reflect this. Let's give a little bit of a buffer for the next couple of years to see what we have on the pitching side with these kids. And I think it's smart. And here's why I think that that's the strategy, not just because of the signing of Nick Martinez, who fits that strategy, but also because some of the other news from the week. Now, Sonny Gray, rest in peace, signed with the stupid St. Louis Cardinals this week. And you can't blame the guy. No. But um, three-year deal, $70 million, $75 million. Oh, and um, so, so Mark Sheldon, MLB.com beat writer uh, Mark Sheldon reported that the Reds, according to a source, the Reds pursued Sonny Gray and were close. Now, I do not expect you to hear those words with anything other than a healthy dose of skepticism. The source almost certainly was within the Reds organization and probably Nick Crawl. <clears throat> and so I have no way to believe or no reason to believe that they were actually close or that they made a real offer to Sonny Gray. But, and I want you to want, I want to ask you if my thesis is completely off. In the wake of that, we've also seen uh, reports, leaked reports, that the Reds are in the, in the um, discussions, or at least in the mix, to trade for Tampa starter Tyler Glasnow, Cleveland starter Shane Bieber. Now, um, so so that tells me two things. The Reds may get none of these guys. That's the way it works. And and I'm not giving Nick Crawl extra credit for pursuing guys and not closing the deal. But publicly now, the Reds are leaking that they are interested in pitching. They know they need more pitching depth. They they don't believe what um some of the some of the chattering class online says about the Reds need, being able to stand packs. because they have so many talented young arms. They're indicating they need pitching. But to circle back to my point a minute ago about sort of a buffer between to see what these young kids can be, Tyler Glasnow, one year on his deal. $25 million this year, but one year left on his contract. Shane Bieber, one year of team control left. How much, so is they are, How much is his deal? Do you know? It's a lot less than uh, I want to say ten, uh, eleven million. I looked it up and now I can't remember. It's okay. uh, so it's not, it's not, it's not the twenty. It's not near the, it's not the twenty-five range. It's not the twenty-five. Um, but the Reds are looking at short potentially trading for again. They may not get it done, and they, we may look back in six months and think, guys, what were we talking about then? But what I see here is, and this is me trying to squint my eyes and and figure out is there a strategy is. They are targeting guys for short on short-term deals that are actual good big league pitchers, though. I mean, we're not talking about the Mike Miners right. of the world. And listen, that $25 million for Tyler Glasnow, they can pay it. They can afford it. They have they have the money to spend on that, especially if it's just for one year. They're not right. committing past that. So so anyway, can if I'm am I reading too much into that? Or is, what do you think? Is there any any thought about what Carl's doing or my, my, the reports my, are saying? The angel on this shoulder is saying, boy, I hope he's right. I hope that, you know, that he's just looking at this as a bridge to, to when these young guys are going to be able to, to lead the, this pitching staff and be all, be all they can be. But the guy on this shoulder is saying, you know, 
This is also a cheap way to move to the future. I don't have to pay the young guys much. I can bring guys in for one year or two, you know, or two years. It, 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 nobody's ever going to say 25 million is minimal money, but enough to, to make the fans happy that we did something. And we still don't have to get our payroll real high. I, both of those guys I've heard before. And this one's been right, or this one's been right a lot more often than this one's been right. Yeah, no doubt. I think I think that's completely fair. But but completely- one more one more point. If if what we're if if what we're hoping for is true, that he's trying to bring in a, a, a quality major league pitcher, at least one, for a for a substantial amount of money to, to bridge this team to these young guys get another year or two under their belt. If he doesn't get that accomplished this winter, then the offseason has been a failure. Well, yeah, if, if the improvements to the pitching staff consist of Emilio Pagan and Nick Martinez. And, yeah, and, think- and Mike minor ish. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. No, I agree. I agree, but if 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 the Reds can convert on Glass now, Sonny Gray, I wanted Sonny Gray, and don't give me this. He's thirty five. I, I get it. Whatever. Um, yeah, he he's been injured some. Okay, he was second at Cy Young voting last year, and every pitcher on the Reds' current roster has had injury issues. It's what happens. They're pitchers. Um, Tyler Glass now. I want that guy. I mean, I, Bieber. I like Bieber too. I'll take Bieber. He's, I like he's 30 Cease. I like Cease too. Dylan Cease. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any of these guys, if you get those guys, if you get one of those guys, say you get Glasnow, Martinez, all of a sudden you're starting to look at some depth in this rotation, including the young guys, whichever ones pan out. It's certainly a different calculus than we saw last year or really most years on the pitching side. Well, and, and I mean, last year they stayed in the hunt for a playoff spot, not, you know, with guys in starting games in, in late August into September, it, it, when the season started, they had no belief that those guys were going to start in the major leagues this year. Hell, they never believed Abbott was going to start in the major leagues this year. And I mean, he's the the the, the biggest example. But there were a bazillion guys, and I I have to look at the list to to see you know who all the ones were that started late that that. Then, well, Connor Connor Phillips started a, a game right. that a must win game for the Reds in the last right. week, right? And he started the year in Double A, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I agree with I agree with that. But then you have to decide, and I know, and I know your answer to this. But then, Crawl needs to decide how much he's willing to give up for a year of these guys. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a big question here. Yeah. Um, it, and, how, and, how much is Glasnow going to take in terms of prospect capital? Although right, they, and, that, and, they, the Rays and, want and, a big league player, supposedly. Yeah. Well, and are we going to talk about Jonathan India later? We will, yes. Okay. Um, but with, with Glasnow being, you know, $25 million, maybe it won't cost as much because how many people are going to want to take on $25 million? And the Reds are in a unique position to be able to take on that. And so maybe they can get him for less than it would ordinarily take. I don't know. You know, this is all speculation, obviously. Um, 
the other the other part is, and this is this is the cynical, never trust the Reds coming out of me, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, why don't you just leak that you're in on everybody? And Reds beat writers are going to dutifully transcribe whatever Nick Crawl leaks to them, and then you get to the end of the of the uh, office, you're like, man, we tried, we really tried, we were in on this, and there is a certain segment of the Reds fan base going to be like. What more do you want? They're a poor team. They can't always do it, but they've tried. Uh, that's the cynical Reds fan that I'm going to ignore for now because the Reds actually signed two pitchers this week. So, uh, and also, did you see? And and, two, see and, last and, and, and and they were two successful major league pitchers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. So, the and Reds are better. To, and Sam Martin. <laughs> the Reds are better today than they were last week. Yeah. So let's. We're moving in the right direction. And and I don't know if you saw this, but um, I think it was Jeff Passan of ESPN reported that uh, Bob Castellini in one of his uh, uh, more lucid moments said that the Reds uh, expect to uh, spend money on payroll this offseason. Well, they almost have to pay, spend more than they... <laughs> they not really. They bring everybody back on the measuring minimums and the arbitration amounts, and they'd be at a $52 million payroll, and boy, Castellini would be raking in the money. Do you believe their payroll be as, will be as high as it was last year? What was it last year when was the season 80, started? Wasn't it 82 or something? Um, I'm going to choose to believe that it's or that it, it will be that high. Do you believe – okay, so my next question has already answered itself. Do you believe they'll be anywhere close to major league average? No. Oh, no. Uh, there's no way. Oh, there, there could the, be a way. Well, they could. <laughs> but do you know what the big league average – opening day last year, what the big league average – I thought it was like 130. Was. $166 million. A 160 – yeah, no. That was the average. Yeah, one sixty six. Of course, the Mets, uh, you know, skewed the average. Well, the Mets and the Dodgers. The Mets and the Dodgers kind of do skew the average, right? Um, If the if the Reds get to one hundred million, they could go get Shohei Otani. I mean, they could. They get Glasnow. They get Otani. Golly, let's do that. Let's run it back. I'll, if they if they want to if they sign those guys, I'll go to five games this year. Five games. Five. I'll, I'll come wow. down. I'll buy. What is it? The six game package or the seven game package? The one the one I used to have when it, when they used to consider it a season ticket package. You have to get a season ticket package because if they do that, you're going to need that season ticket package so you'll be eligible to buy those postseason tickets. Or get those World Series tickets. Those man. World Series tickets. Right. So uh, anyway, I'm I'm going to choose to believe for the moment, just because it's the offseason, and I want to be optimistic that the fact that the Reds were quote unquote pursuing Sunny Gray, that they're in the talks for these uh, Bieber and Glasnow shows that number one, there's an acknowledgement that they do need pitching, a public acknowledgement that they know they need pitching depth, and number two, that they're going to make an effort, and then plus the signings of uh, well Martinez especially shows that hey, they're identifying guys that can help them. I think I think Martinez is a great signing, frankly. Uh, I, I think he fits all the markers of somebody you want uh, on, on your roster. He's not your number I, I two think one. He can, yeah, I think he can help this team in a multitude of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he again, we talk about moving the needle. Mm-hmm. 
he moves the needle more than <laughs> a little bit more, you know, yeah, you know yeah, we, yeah, yeah. but God. Um, so, so it's good. It's all good. Oh, let's see. What else? Um, well, I haven't, we haven't, we haven't talked to you since uh, the parting of the ways with Mr. Senzel. Any thoughts? Well, um, you know, I, I'll tell you what I thought this, and this may have been the cynical Reds fan coming out. My thought was if the Reds weren't willing to pay him what it was going to take an arbitration, then they weren't going to spend money this offseason. And I'll tell you why I say that. There are guys getting more than what uh, Nixon Zell would be getting in arbitration right now, already, already being signed around the league, who have put up similar numbers to Nixon Zell or worse. Um, I think we, because we've been in this sort of haze of Cincinnati Reds refusing to, to spend, I think we lose sight of the fact that what Nixon Zell can do, which is smash lefty pitchers, play credible defense at five different positions, it has some value. He's a backup. He's nothing more than a backup. He's never going to be more than a backup. But he's an athletic backup. <clears throat> Those guys, the Reds could have paid him two or three million, whatever his arbitration number was going to be. Um it would have been worth it for that guy. And so when, when they didn't sign, I thought, well, the boy, they're really not going to spend if they, if that's not enough for them. But I think that there might've been enough bad blood there that it was time to move on. I think that's what it, more it came down to. And I think I, I wish Senzel the best. Um, he will land somewhere. He will not be a starter for anyone probably, but uh, I guess that's, those are my thoughts. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. I, I think, and in fact, you, you've said some things that I hadn't even thought of. Um, I think you're right that, that, and I will say they will have somebody on the bench for approximately, I won't say the same money, but not in baseball terms, not too far different. They will not do the job that Nick Senzel did as well. But uh, the bad blood thing, when they sent him to Louisville and it took him days to report and all in, and then he, you know, kind of threw hissy fits from what you heard and, you know, wasn't, wasn't the best citizen, wasn't the best teammate. It didn't sound like, uh, you know, and then, they, and then due to injuries, he got pulled back up and, and played credibly well, you know, when he, but the other thing is he had a history of not being able to stay healthy either. True. And, True. And, that, and that's, and that's a part of the equation also, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can't really. I never met the man. I never talked to the man. I know you did, uh, I, but he sounds like a good guy. And, and you know, Finn, you you've said before that you thought he was a pretty good kid. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he signs somewhere. I hope he hits forty home runs somewhere this year. In Korea, maybe. Could be Japan. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Let me circle back because there was we had one of our viewer mail questions that I wanted to to, to toss in here as we were talking about uh, the pitching. Jerry Seduth, between your article on the Reds and he's what he's talking about is my uh, latest newsletter, ChadDotson.com. Wow, that's still out there? newsletter that still comes out. It, well, you would know if you were subscribed. I am subscribed. I read it last night. Mm. Get it in your inbox. <laughs> Between your article on the Reds competing for Sunny Gray services and the signing of two cromulent relief pitchers, it seems to appear the Reds are trying to improve. Is this the hopeless optimism of November, or is there something to this? It feels different. I I wanted to touch on that. Yes, the Reds are trying to improve. 
Now, we just mentioned the Cardinals a minute ago, though, who have signed a bunch of guys, and that's the part that we need to uh, – we're talking about how much the needle has moved, and the Reds have improved. They're better this week than they were last week. I don't want to ignore that. But guess what? Every other team in the division, other than the Pirates, are also trying to improve. So well, the Cardinals, the Cardinals needle has moved from here to here. Right. I mean, they have the dramatically Reds, improved their pitching staff. Yeah. So, so yes, the Reds have improved, and yes, be optimistic about it. Absolutely, the winter meetings are coming up. It's uh, who knows what's going to happen, but they have work to do still. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned here. The same bat time, same bat channel. You're not, old enough, you're not old enough to remember that. That's true. All right, other news of the week and some things I wanted to discuss as well. Noel V. Marte injured in Winter League. Uh, we'll see what uh, happens on that one. Um, I wanted to, uh, There's a couple things I wanted to circle back on that uh, we, we haven't discussed. happened in the last couple of weeks, but since we've been on, on the show here. Um, let's talk about the Jonathan India trade talks. Well, before, we do heard much, Marte, before we do the Marte thing. <laughs> I, I well, think, if, you have I, some, if you have something else to add about Marte, go ahead. Well, I think we'll find out more this weekend because I think he's supposed to be in town for Reds Fest. Yeah. So we should get an update from somebody, I would think, sometime over the weekend on that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully nothing – I mean, we're still early in the offseason, so hopefully it's nothing that will impact next right. year. Um, Jonathan India. Is he a Cincinnati Red on opening day? I would go 51-49 no right now. But yeah. I I think the Reds overvalue Jonathan India. Now, I, I don't and, and and therein lies the problem. Not only do they think he's more valuable than he is, do they they they'll want more than he's worth and other teams aren't going to give you know aren't going to give what the Reds think he's worth. And so he may, that's that. I think that would be the only reason he's still here in the spring. Yeah, I go back and forth. I actually think I may undervalue Jonathan India in some ways. What ways? Well, so teams need second baseman. There are going to be some teams that need second baseman. He is a slightly above average second baseman with great hair. He does have great hair. Uh, he has great hair. Um, I think there are teams that, that would uh, are going to be interested in his services. Now, how much? I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get for him. But I think there's a market for him. I, I, that's not what I, if, if that's what it sounded like I said, that's not what I meant. I meant that I don't think teams are going to offer what the Reds front office thinks he's worth. Well, maybe, but I'm not sure we have a whole lot of data points as to what the Reds front office. That's certainly certainly possible about what they think he's worth. Something else that I've kind of batted around. I don't have a fully formed thought about this yet, but this is 512 episodes here, and I've yet to have a fully formed thought about anything on this uh, on this show. I'm starting to wonder if maybe the Reds aren't better off hanging on to him anyway, because. Yeah. We got a bunch of kids around him, and yes, they had some good rookie seasons. But do we really know what all these guys are? That's true. You know, um, at, uh, Jonathan India is Jonathan India, and he's not a—he's not his ceiling is not what the ceiling of the guys around him is. But we know what he is. We know what his floor. We 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 believe we know what his floor is. 
Yeah. So I'm wondering if you, maybe you don't wait, you know, wait it out a little bit and see if there's a market, maybe at the trade deadline or I don't know. I just, that's or something I've been betting around. Plus the other thing I would do in spring training is he'd get some time in the outfield. Well, he needs to be playing outfield third base. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And he should want to do that. It increases his value. Absolutely. On the market. Um, one last thing before we get into viewer mail that I wanted to, to mention just because I know it's one of your favorite topics, but uh, on the on the National Baseball Hall of Fame ballot this year, it has been released, the new ballot. On it is one Brandon Phillips. That dude, BP. Brandon, is Brandon Phillips going to make it into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York? I think a better question is, will Brandon Phillips make it to a second ballot? Will he be on the ballot next year? No. Oh, no. There's no there's no chance. No. <laughs> no. But he will, again, be able to wipe his tears quickly because next year he'll be elected to the Reds Hall of Fame when he first becomes eligible. And, yes, uh, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. Um, there, there is probably one person who believes deeply that Brandon Phillips is a baseball Hall of Famer. And that's Brandon Phillips. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone else believes. Well, very, very, he, very good player. Good. He should believe that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but very good player. I mean, uh, an exceptional one of the, you know, there's an argument he's the second best second baseman in the history of the Reds. That's a big deal. This team's been around a long time. Is that true? Oh, there's definitely an argument. He's the second best. Okay. It's, be, it's between him and D'Angelo Jimenez. <laughs> Tommy Helm. They're only other, the, Tommy Helm is not as – he did win a rookie of the year. But, uh, no, I think yeah. it's between – I've done I've done a little bit of a deep dive. I think it's between Brandon Phillips and, uh, and yeah. Lonnie Fry. Lonnie Fry. Okay. okay. He, was on the, he was on the 39-40 team, right? 39-40. Second yeah. base. Yeah. I think it's between those two. And you can make an argument either cats. way. The Jungle Cats infield of the 1939-1940 Reds, who you would know about if you had read The Big 50. The Men of Moments that made the Cincinnati Reds second edition coming to bookstores this spring. Um, so I knew, I knew you wanted to talk about Brandon Phillips. It's been a while since we'd had that joy. He's my favorite. <laughs> I, didn't say I, my favorite I, I didn't say my favorite what. He, he's my favorite. I wish I had the time and the inclination and, and really one of our super fans uh, out there needs to go back into the archives and pull some of the dumb quotes we've said over the years just to embarrass us. Uh, Cause I'm sure we said some, but, I, but I'm sure we said some juicy things about, uh, about our guy BP. He, uh, he went off on you, didn't he? Well, sort of <laughs> not really me. Um, what was I do it? have the, I, can't I do have the photos. About. You know, it was actually it was uh, when I was uh, managing Red Leg Nation, uh, and so I, you know, we we spoke the truth there at the Red Leg Nation Twitter account, and old BP dropped into the DMs with some harsh language for us, and uh, I still have those photos somewhere. I need to I need to pull those out. A little screenshot. Anyway. Did a little I've got, I have some screenshots. I've never released them because you know the, what's the 
it was it wasn't any, well, any positive coming out of me picking a fight with Brandon Phillips. When he makes the baseball hall of fame, you can drop those. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. Inauguration weekend. Viewer mail. Woohoo. These questions come from, of course, our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront Patreon.com slash Riverfront where you too can support the Reds. Now, as usual, these are actual letters from actual viewers. Actual letters from actual viewers. If they weren't, could I do this? Yeah. You could. I know. I, I just did it. <laughs> and, and then and nowadays that is true. They are actual viewers. That's finally our, our dumb joke uh, is actually a thing now. Most more people listen by far uh, to the audio version, I have to say, but there are a steadily growing audience on the YouTubes. First one comes from Joe Farsing. Joe says, hi, Chad, we miss you. All right, Joe, that's not a, uh, it's not a question. And so you are actually suspended from asking viewer mail questions. Yeah. Cause he, he should have put a question mark at the end of that. Cause it said, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been an acceptable query. There you go. Kyle Kapler. Why is Nick Crawl obsessed with having players named Nick on this roster? It's starting to get weird. Nick Martinez, and who else are we thinking about? Nick Martini last year. Well, he had to he had to substitute. He cut a, a Nick, so he had to pick up a Nick. There is a Nick quota on the Reds. It's true. Nick Castellanos a couple of years ago. Then Nick Senzel's gone. Yep. Nick Martini presumably is gone. Now we have Nick Martinez. There is a little bit of a Something going on there with Nick Crawl that you've identified here, Kyle. That so I they've got, so they've got a, a billet, a Nick billet they have to fill. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, good call, Kyle. Now I'm going to be thinking about that. It really is starting to get weird. Who's out Seth there? Shaner asks, who's out there in free agency named Nick? Well, the guy that I think they should go for is Nick Otani. Shohei Nick Otani. Okay. Um, Seth Shaner, tell me, Chad, did you did you discover the meaning of life on your travels, and why and why did it include hanging on every Nick Crawl move to get you through the off season? Good couple signings for the Reds of two pitchers. I'll await more action to get me through these long winter months. Did I discover the meaning of life on my travels? I've been on some travels here, Bill. I know. You had some questions for me, uh, some pointed questions before we started recording about my choice of travel destinations. Why? <laughs> I I spent some time in India, my first trip to uh, India, and Bill said, why? And my answer was, because it's there. I want to go everywhere. Okay. Sorry. I just want to go everywhere. I think your wife uh, paid for you to go just so you leave the house. Get me out of her life for a little while. Yes. Well, there's no doubt about that. She'll tell you. Um, did She's I discover the meaning woman. of life? She's a the meaning of yeah, she is. She is. <laughs> I do know what the meaning of life is. I did not learn it on my travels. I learned it uh, sometime previously. Um, and here it is. Every rose has its thorn. Just like every night has its dawn. Wow. Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Bill, that was a reference to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. 
Bill and Chad's Bogus Journey. That's tonight's episode title. Bill and Chad's Bogus Journey. I know I'm, I'm going to get some abuse for this, but I know that's a, a lyric, but I don't know who did it. Bill. I don't. Bill. Bill. Sorry. Well, okay. Two things. First of all, did you did did you hear? Did I tell you who I saw in concert this week? No. Bob Dylan. Did you know Bob Dylan is still touring? No, but if the Rolling Stones can still tour, I mean, who can't? Well, I saw the Rolling Stones a couple of years ago, and they put on a way better show than Dylan. He was not in his prime, but it was good. Ooh, but he's never been a good. He's never been a good show, from what I understand. Well. It was tough to watch. He's having trouble. Uh, he's not particularly ambulatory these days. So. I saw Charlie Daniels when he was 80. Oh, yeah? And he was great. Yeah. He would take a break, you know, every five songs and go back and sit down. But other than that, he was up there fiddling every day. You know, he was great. But anyway. What about Poison? You ever seen Poison? No. I was, never, a song called, I was never a heavy metal guy. Well, they sing a song called Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Thank you. You filled in the blank. I figured I would for you there. All right. So um, next comes from Mike Perry. Mike Perry, do you think Nicola Dolo should start the season in the bullpen? With his injury history, I'm wondering if his body struggles with the workload of a starter. Um, my opinion is that uh, I guess you could make the same argument with Hunter Green, who has also been injured. I think I probably default on this. If he can start, he can start. If he can't, there's plenty of time to move him to the bullpen. So I know I don't. I, I, he's in the. He's in my starting opening day rotation if he's healthy. And, this and year. you can say the same thing about Ashcroft. Yeah, Graham Ashcroft is absolutely the same in terms of. Uh, well, they're all all these pitchers, but you're, but now, I, I do want to concede Mike's point, which is that Lodolo has not shown a whole lot of ability to stay healthy for long stretches. I mean, um, and he's sort of slight. So maybe he's a reliever, but I don't know. I, I see his stuff, and I think, man, if that guy can can stay healthy, at some point it's going to click, and and he's going to be a dynamite starter. And a dynamite starter these days just has to throw five innings. So it's not like you know we're not asking him to be that durable. But uh, so I don't think I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. Uh, certainly not this year. You shouldn't start this season in the bullpen. But that's always that's always an option later on. Joey Gaditza, Emilio Pagan, and Nick Martinez. Actual signings. Who's next? And welcome back, Chad. Who's next? Is it Tyler Glasnow? What do you think, Bill? I have no idea who's next. I'm just hoping there's a next. That's it. I, I don't know who's next. Um, some things are starting to come into clarity for us about the Reds' strategy to the extent that there is one. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say glass now that, that I really want the, I, I really, uh, that's, I want to see that guy in the Reds rotation this year. Of course, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys out there that are available. If you believe, you know, the media that are available either via free agency or, or trades that would help this ball club. So, you know, if we get, we, if we bring somebody on, it makes this bullpen, or this makes this, uh, I can't see what that is. It makes this rotation better. I'll be happy. 
It's a sunny gray baseball card I'm showing on the on my screen here on YouTube. Are you gonna are you gonna paste are you gonna paste a little St. Louis Cardinal cap on it? Oh gross. <laughs> um I I hope there is an X. I think that's the answer. Yeah. Because the Reds are moving in the right direction, but so is everyone else in the division. Keep moving. But I'm optimistic. I am I'm genuinely optimistic. All right, last question here comes from Rich Thompson. And Rich, as usual, has written a uh, a lengthy, I think it's a question or it's a story or I'm Rich, I love you, buddy, but uh, I'm going to try to unpack this one. Gentlemen, the Major League Baseball winter meetings are almost here, and I wonder if the Castellinis and Nick Crawl will forget about us again by not adding any meaningful talent to help the 2024 Reds have a chance of making the playoffs. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being a misfit Reds fan where all I can do is go to bed and dream about next year. Now, I'm starting to think that I haven't any, haven't any dreams left to dream, so please tell me that Nick Crawl will lead the way with the Castellini's magic produce truck that is full of cash and rescue us from this island of misfit fans by bringing in the necessary talent via free agency or by mm-hmm. trade so the 2024 Reds can be real contenders. <sighs> so, and he says the inspiration for his question, he gives a YouTube clip of the old... Yeah. Uh, Rudolph, Rudolph. Uh, program, the Island of Misfit Toys. I, it, and again, um, th- thanks for, uh, Rich always tries to uh, relate something to current day events uh, or current uh, the current season. Thank you for that, Rich. You know, a lot of these questions, Bill, we've, we've discussed it ad nauseum here. A lot of these questions are just, what's next? Are the Reds actually doing something? Are they really going to try this offseason? Do we see evidence that they're actually trying? And I don't know if they are. This may be it. This may be it. But I have to say, I like the fact that here we are at the beginning of December. And we have we can actually we can actually be optimistic. There's reason for optimism that they are going to do things because they've done some things. Because most years there's not much hope. So I don't know. I mean, this is probably us have been beaten down for years by this organization grasping for things to be optimistic about, but I just, I am genuinely interested to see what, I don't know. I don't know that I'm actually optimistic, but I'm genuinely interested for the first time. I think there's a chance that they're going to do some real things to make this team better. And that's uh, at this point, that's something I don't know. Any, any thoughts about that bill? Time will tell whether this is a first step or a pump fake. That's wrong sport, Bill. I'm just saying. It's wrong sport. I think people get the gist. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're probably right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Bill, this is fun. Good talking to you again. Um, you ready to go travel in the world with me at some point? Where are, we going? where are you going? That It always depends on where we're going. Uh, Vietnam. No. <laughs> uh greece yes in fact i have some friends that are going there for christmas oh they didn't invite me like one of my old old high school and junior high school friends who is greek is going back i don't think he's ever been there and he and his oh, wife are here so they're very excited about their trip well good all right that is uh a good place to land this plane episode number 512 of the world's most dangerous podcast. Thanks to all of you for listening to and supporting the Riverfront. Lots of fun stuff. Go to the Riverfront's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Riverfront Cincy. We got 
The Bengals show. Ah, things have gone a little bit awry for the Bengals, Bill. Joe's off the rails. Joe Joe has got some uh, time to fill for the re- for the rest of the season. I'm not convinced. I'm not sure the Bengals are going to win another game. Oh boy, it's it's rough. But yeah, Joe Farsi, who's now been suspended from asking questions on this show, has plenty of time to plan out the Riverfront Bengals show. Uh, but they always have fun over there and uh, listen in every week. We're also college sports. I mean, I'm telling you, NBA, we got lots of stuff going on through Riverfront. Go check it out at uh, riverfrontcency.com and youtube.com slash riverfrontcency. We're also you- on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at riverfrontcency. What's that, Bill? Your UVA guys had a big win last night. The University of Virginia Cavaliers, yes, yes uh, been defeated the number 15-ranked Texas A&M Aggies. Really a nice win at home. Uh, for the Who's after a disastrous football weekend that we won't my, talk my Xavier, about. My Xavier had a really bad loss at home on Monday. Who did they lose to? I didn't see that. Oakland. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was not good. They're they're they got 10 new players, six freshmen. Give you know, Sean Miller time. They they beat they beat St. Mary's the week before uh, out in Vegas and played mm-hmm. really, really well. Came back and laid a big old warm one on the floor there at Cintas Center. and But it's, uh, the only thing you can say about Sean Miller teams is they're going to be better in, in February than they are right now. They're going to get better. And, and three years from now, he'll have his program humming. I, w- I wouldn't be too worried. Oh no, I'm not worried. I, 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 I knew going into this season, especially when they lost two, two starters to injury for the year, that it was going to be, it was going to be a difficult year. So it is what it is. All the Bearcat fans have dropped out now. They're not listening to us anymore. Sorry. That's all right. Bill, good talk to you, man. Always, always fun. Always. Thanks for joining us again. Okay, brother. Always good to be here. Shout out to Adam Dunn. Shout out to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Crinchick, and Eli Cash for Bill Lack and Elmer Descends. This is Chad Dawson saying so long, everyone. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.